Welcome to Cloudy with a Chance of Trust, a podcast for digital transformation leaders where we discuss the latest cyber attack issues, enterprise security strategies, and current security events so that you can successfully accelerate network and security transformation. And now here's what's on our mind this week. Hello, everybody. Today, we are going to talk about outrunning the bear. I'm Lisa Lorenzen, field CTO at Zscaler. I'm here with my colleague, Pam, also a field CTO here. Hi, everybody. And the topic du jour is attack surface reduction. There's an old saying that if you're in the woods camping and you see a bear, if you want to run away, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than the other campers. I'd be slow. I'd be the one being eaten. <laughs> I'd be, well, I wouldn't be up a tree because bears can climb trees, but I would definitely be beaten feet out of there. And this in the cybersecurity world has really also applied to how we think about protecting our networks. Traditionally, it was a point about hardening your perimeter so that attackers would go somewhere else. Unfortunately, as applications have moved to the cloud and users have shifted off premise, what do you harden? Where is your perimeter? The more modern way is to think about minimizing your attack surface. As our CEO, Jake Chowdhury, likes to say, you can't attack what you can't see. So when we think about minimizing attack surface, there are a number of ways that a cloud-delivered zero-trust solution can help with that. Pam, I know that you considered a lot of this when you were deploying zero-trust in your previous lifetime. So where would you start? So at least, you know, when you look at the old way, that's all we knew how to do. That was really our option. You hardened everything, but that was, to your point, everybody was on-premise. Your applications were on-premise. So you'd put up this gigantic brick wall. You prayed nobody got through it. But the problem was, once they penetrated that wall, you were hoping that everything was up to date, everything was scanning and going to catch whatever it was. The modern way, when you look at it, you're actually able to stop bad traffic before it ever got to that wall. And then that wall really was more of an insurance policy. That if something was the first time in the world or something just being identified, that wall would stop it. When you actually correlate it now in the old world versus the new world, this new world even got more complicated because your users, your applications aren't behind that wall any longer. They're out in the wild. How do you go ahead and what are you going to do? Always on VPN, make all your users go back to your data center to make sure they're protected. I think that's a false pretense there. Well, and it makes the VPN gateway the attack surface. I mean, we have seen numerous alerts from just DHS and CISA alone on vulnerabilities in VPN gateways, on VPN gateways being used as the entry point for an attack that then pivots to unauthorized lateral movement internally, attacking user credentials for greater expansion. I think that bringing everyone in through a VPN, you've made the problem a little smaller, but you still have that fundamental problem that you've got a VPN gateway hanging out there with a big target on it. In addition to the target though, we spent hours upon hours upon hours because number one, you're not alerted right away that something's happening. Mm. Most organizations in these flat worlds, right? The flat networks, you don't really know something's happening until something gets triggered. When something gets triggered, you're all running into a war room to try to figure out, okay, why did that thing get triggered and what triggered it? Now you're sitting, looking through all these various tools, looking through all these various logs, looking through all these various environments, I mean, I've sat through war rooms where you're talking various groups from the network team, the server and storage team, the desktop team, everyone's together trying to figure out was something triggered in their world. And if it was, 
how do you then identify what it is, where is it now, and what did it do? And you're spending hours upon hours upon hours, but it's too late because they're already doing something and you don't know what it is and it's freaking you out. Sure. So some clear points there. One is if we can reduce or even eliminate portions of the external attack surface, we can just take that off the table. And two is we need the visibility to understand what users are connecting to so that we can build a baseline to start to differentiate between authorized user access, unexpected traffic, and unauthorized lateral movement. Absolutely. Visibility is key. If you understand, well, well, two things. Visibility is key and reduction of that attack surface, reduction of where users can go to, that they only go to that which is authorized. The other piece I really wish we would have had is some sort of deception tool something that would go ahead and say, hey, I'm over here. And the bad guy says, oh, I like you. And we see, and we could kill it right then and there. Understanding what's happening and having that visibility would have been wonderful to be able to get ahead of it and stop it before it really was able to do any damage. Right. So it offers both a distraction from your actual crown jewels and an early warning system, because if somebody touches those lures, you know there's no legitimate reason for that traffic to exist. This is sort of an extension of the concept of visibility for zero trust into a more active application of that visibility. You know, we talk a lot about connecting users to applications rather than connecting endpoints to networks. But I feel like we even need to take that a step farther, which is we don't just need these protections for user traffic, but we need a similar amount of visibility and ultimately a similar amount of control for workload to workload communications. When we think about workloads, we really need to expand beyond sort of that traditional context-based access realm of, is this user authorized to access this resource? Is this user authorized to access this data? And we want to push that to, what are my workloads doing? This is where visibility and control for outbound traffic also starts to play a role. If you can reduce the attack surface of your workloads, both by, again, putting them behind an outbound only connection, but also watching their communications to make sure that they are not trying to communicate with some kind of command and control. So attack surface reduction is very important for user traffic, but it's really also important all the way around in your network and figuring out how to minimize that attack surface, not just in the traditional areas of zero trust, but in this expanded playing field that zero trust has come to occupy. You know, Lise, you make a point there. So many started moving to the cloud. They would actually determine what part of an application, if the entire application environment wasn't going to move to cloud, maybe some of it would still stay on premise. Maybe some would move to cloud. Maybe some would keep the application and a database on premise, but they'd move storage to the cloud. But in order to keep all of that synced, many organizations basically just extended their network to the cloud by putting in a VPN tunnel or, or a dedicated circuit but again, just because you have that connectivity doesn't mean you have visibility into what's happening. And that's where organizations have to rethink it. They have to think about how do I connect my application environments when it's sitting in your data center or in the cloud, or you have a DR environment, how are you keeping it securely synced within that application environment 
setting alerts, understanding from a visibility perspective, is this truly just this application environment talking to itself or is something else happening? Let's face it, when they extended these networks into cloud because of that piece of that application going to the cloud, you really don't know what's happening in that tunnel because we didn't have the correct visibility. Most organizations don't into what that actual true connectivity is. Mm -hmm. So it's really an architectural shift. Number one, how do we get visibility into a lot of these communications that we haven't necessarily been able to see in the past? And number two, how many of these flows can we handle in a way that doesn't expose an inbound listener, that puts them into an outbound-only connection, takes advantage of leveraging a cloud broker as a rendezvous point for traffic? So this application environment talks outbound-only to the cloud. That application environment talks outbound-only to the cloud. And we, again, stitch together those tunnels into an end-to-end connection for workload communications as we've been doing for years for user to application traffic. So another aspect of this problem, we're going beyond three dimensions and we're just getting multidimensional here. It's not just the applications themselves that we need to protect, but it's the data in those applications. It's not just, am I authorized to interact with that web service or that file share, but can I pull that data back onto my device? So we need to think about Can we isolate the data? Can we give the user the ability to interact with an application without the data becoming resident on their endpoint? Whether this is a third party on an unmanaged device, whether it's an employee on a BYOD device, there are gonna be a lot of use cases where we legitimately want to allow access to a backend application without unfettered access to the application's data, whether that's making sure it's not cached or controlling how the user can share that data, controlling whether they can download it or even copy and paste it. Browser isolation takes us a layer deeper, not just can you touch this app, but what can you do when you get there? And I think that's where so many organizations over the past have used Citrix, right? And Citrix is a great product. I'm not bashing Citrix. God, Citrix has saved a lot of us to be able to give the accessibility to, like you called out, the applications that are needed. But for many organizations, those third-party contractors, let's take outside of BYOD because, you know, when you look at BYOD, usually that's internal employees using their own device and they need to get to a vast amount of applications. But your third parties, your contractors, they may only need one or two applications. And why you have to give them Citrix when you could give them very easy browser isolation? In addition, a lot of organizations have contractors that are really staff augmentation. And they're using their own device. And with using their own device, they don't want to add an application or some sort of something onto their device. Mm -hmm. Browser isolation is great. Let's face it. Give them access to that which they need. You don't worry about data being extracted. And it gives them everything they need, just like they were actually having that inbound into that application environment. Absolutely. So if we go back to that metaphor of outrunning the bear... I think there are a lot of technologies and tools available today in forms that, you know, maybe we could do this to some extent with more traditional network and security-based controls, but those controls have evolved to eliminate the attack surface of the inbound listener, to start to reduce the potential for unauthorized lateral movement for these internal attack surfaces to expand that realm from just user-driven traffic to workload communications, and then to expand again 
to what's happening to my data as well as my resource access. Deception is the piece that sits alongside that. And again, like when we had Sahir on a few episodes ago, it's another great instance of this is not a new concept. It's an existing concept that frankly was handicapped by the tools that were available to deliver it. The through line for all of this is cloud delivered solutions extend deployability. They make it easier to route traffic in a way that avoids those inbound listeners. And it takes these principles of zero trust and gives some of the same benefits that we got from moving applications to the cloud, moving these controls to the cloud being able to put them in line between a requester and a target, whether that requester is a user or a resource talking to another resource, and then being able to easily scale and deploy some of the detection principles, the lures, the alternate targets, the distractions from things you really don't want an attacker to get their hands on if they do manage to get into your environment. We were so buried down into being reactive. We didn't mm. get to really focus on proactiveness because we were trying to maintain this old world. Yes. So decoys wasn't, we didn't have something like that because we were so focused on keeping it all running. Sure. Because we didn't have decoys, let's face it, a lot of organizations, unless something's triggered, all is good. Just like when people say, hey, how do you know an end user's experience is good? Well, they're not calling the help desk. So we don't have an influx of help desk. Kind of like the same thing. If you don't have an event happening, okay, we're okay right now. And you're just holding your breath. But if decoys, you don't have an event happening that you know about. <laughs> okay, touche. This is very true because yes, very true. I think that would have been the thing that I would have liked to have added in the old world to try to have identified something that may have been happening much earlier or someone was trying to do something as opposed to always living in a reactive world versus how am I getting more proactive about things? You know, so many organizations, again, are living in such a reactive state. And because everything is old world, it's very difficult to get proactive. You'll have bits and pieces of proactiveness, but you're so reactive. And that's where, again, it changes using the newer technologies, using the SaaS-based solutions, reducing that hardware footprint that you're having to constantly maintain allows you, I think, to be able to start that transition more and more towards being able to become proactive versus reactive. That's a fantastic point. If we can turn off some of the noise, if we can just take ourselves off the table for the drive-by attacks, for the scanning and some of the dumber stuff, the scripted, let's run showdown and find every inbound listener, whether it's an application that's publicly exposed or infrastructure, then that frees up expensive people time to really focus on the things that are important. So I think that's the lesson for this week. New approaches to existing problems can reduce the problem space, can really start to take away some of the obvious ingress points for these attacks and hopefully make it harder for an attacker to use basic tools and well-known attack techniques to get any foothold in your environment. We don't have to outrun the bear. You actually hold a piece of steak up for the bear, the bear takes a steak. So it's not just about outrunning the bear, it's about holding up your dinner throwing it off in the other direction, and then running away. We can distract the bear. We can get ourselves out of the immediate danger zone. And then we can focus on what we need to do next time to make sure that we don't run into the bear in the first place. 
So this space is constantly evolving. The techniques that are available today are just the tip of the iceberg. We will see this continue to mature and see these tools and techniques just get better. I look forward to maybe a future conversation. We assess where we've been and where we're going there. Always nice to talk with you. And I look forward to getting together again in the future. Have a great one, everyone. Thanks for listening to Cloudy with a Chance of Trust. Check back with your podcast provider regularly for more episodes. You can find Lisa Lorenzen and Pam Kubiatowski on the CXO Revolutionaries website at revolutionaries.zscaler.com or on LinkedIn. Statements by Zscaler podcasters and guests are informational only and should never be construed as legal advice. You should consult with your legal advisor on matters related to you or your business. Zscaler makes no warranties, express, implied, or statutory as to the content of this podcast, and it is provided as is. Content on this podcast may contain forward-looking statements that are current as of the date of recording and subject to change. These statements are subject to the safe harbor provisions created by the Private Securities Litigation Reform Act of 1995. Full legal disclaimers are available at revolutionaries.zscaler.com. Copyright 2022.